practical hosting tips, and eight red flags for hosting a backyard wedding or any type of wedding pre-party. That's coming up next on The Wedding Planning Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Wedding Weekend by Design. Wedding Weekend by Design is a digital wedding planning package specifically for couples who want to maximize their wedding celebration across multiple days and multiple events. There are just six easy steps to planning a life-changing wedding weekend experience, and you can access the formula right now when you visit weddingweekend.co. Take advantage of flexible payment options or pay in full and get a complimentary wedding strategy call when you visit weddingweekend.co. Why, hello there, my friend, and thank you so very much for joining me this week for a brand new episode of the Wedding Planning Podcast. And we are going to visit a topic today that we have not covered on the public podcast feed for over three years. This is one of my all-time favorite wedding planning areas and topics to discuss, so I'm super excited to get into it. And before we launch into our conversation today about hosting tips for a backyard wedding, I do want to mention that I'm using the term backyard wedding, but this could also apply to hosting any type of wedding pre-party or pre-event in a backyard or at the home of a friend or a loved one. So it's not just specifically for the wedding itself. It could very easily apply to rehearsal dinner, welcome party, a post-wedding day brunch. We hit on all of those topics in the past couple of weeks as we kind of did a deep dive into hosting a wedding weekend experience for all of your guests. So today's conversation ties in perfectly to the past couple of weeks in that, again, the backyard hosting format can apply to things beyond just your wedding reception. Now, as we get started, let's review a really common misunderstanding in wedding planning world that doing things yourself is always a good way to save money. That is a big misunderstanding. Now, I totally get it. In some situations, you may have more time than money and a cheap and easy DIY project in that case makes perfect sense. But we have to be really, really careful in drawing the line between a few manageable and simple projects that make sense. And the flip side is just biting off more than we can chew because it's really easy to find yourselves in a situation of pure overwhelm and chaos when you take on a do-it-yourself project that's just way above your time patience and desirability capacities, if that makes sense. So today we're going to explore eight red flags that I would recommend you carefully consider if you're thinking of hosting your wedding at a residential property, such as a backyard of a friend or a loved one, or maybe even a rental home like you would find on Airbnb. Our conversation today is a perfect lesson in creating boundaries as you plan between what you can realistically handle yourself and what should be left to a paid professional, and then also how to rearrange your priorities if you're stuck feeling like the cheapest possible DIY 
route is your only option. There are endless creative opportunities out there. And I want to help you not only kind of be able to really think outside the box and identify those for yourself. Now I can think of some really obvious pros to hosting your wedding at a family or friend's property, backyard, whatever you want to call it. And the pros of this are sentimentality, cost control, and also flexibility. You do grant yourself a large degree of flexibility when you're hosting on a private property. You're going to have much more access, and we're going to get into that later on in today's show. And of course, in terms of the sentimental aspect, getting married on a ranch where you grew up or somewhere that you spent a lot of time as a child is a really meaningful and a really natural place to celebrate your wedding. And as we get into the planning of things and we start researching venues and we start being faced with these big decisions, you may have started to see that renting a traditional wedding venue is an enormous investment. So if you have an option where there's a venue that's, quote, free, and I'm using air quotes around free, this idea can initially seem like a total no-brainer. And then to mention again, of course, if your wedding is going to be hosted at your parents' home or a friend's home or even at a rented vacation property, you're likely going to have a ton of flexibility in terms of setting up, cleaning up, and then maybe even being able to extend the festivities over a three-day wedding weekend. You may have an opportunity to have your closest loved ones and friends stay right there on site at the property, which creates a huge huge opportunity for a really, really special experience. So all of these things, all of these pros sound great, right? And they are great. Again, I said at the top of the show, this is one of my favorite hosting formats. I love the intimacy and the creativity that this type of hosting format lends. However, Not so fast, because part of today's show is exploring some red flags. And if it was that easy, then everyone would have backyard weddings and there would not be any disaster stories of ballooning and out of control budgets because of unexpected costs and overflowing trash cans, one restroom for 120 people, unexpected weather, rain, mud, and just a plethora of other concerns and things to look out for that we are going to review now. So with all that laid out, let's walk through some red flags to be aware of if you are considering doing this type of hosting format or this type of backyard at home venue. So to kind of frame our red flags, I'm going to present a listener situation that is incredibly common and comes up very, very often, especially in my one-on-one wedding strategy calls that I host with you. And to kind of put the whole situation in a nutshell, it's a couple who is considering using more of a ready-to-go, done-for-you, all-inclusive traditional wedding venue, or they also have an opportunity to use a family property, a friend's property, or they know someone who has rented a property to get married at. 
I personally went that avenue with my husband, John, and you may have heard our story in a past episode that's available. If you scroll back, I can link to that in the show notes. But anyway, the situation and the question and the struggle in a nutshell is, do we use a more traditional all-inclusive venue or do we use this opportunity to have a venue at no charge that someone in our friends or family circle is offering to us to use. So there's a concern that using the quote free venue would be much more cost effective than shelling out the money up front for the all-inclusive traditional wedding. And there is a whole list of tips and must considers and must to do when you're considering using a venue like a backyard. So let's walk through those now. I'm going to list out eight concerns slash red flags for you to watch out for. And then we're going to circle back and do more of a deep dive into each of these points. So to give you a roadmap of where we're going, The first concern is choosing a family backyard primarily to save money and control costs. The second concern is having a guest list that's compatible with your yard space, your restroom situation, and your parking situation. Another concern slash red flag slash thing to consider is familial relationships between divorced and or remarried parents and the dynamics of that between both of your sides, both of your families. We often have a situation where a couple is planning and trying to juggle all of the wedding logistics from another location than where they plan on hosting the wedding. So for example, we live in New Jersey, but we're planning to host at our parents' home down in Florida. So you're doing some long distance planning there. Another red flag, very important to consider and have contingency plans for is weather. And that goes for rain, extreme cold and extreme heat. It goes for shade. It goes for temperature control. A lot of things to consider in that bucket. And our next thing to consider is going to be residential restrictions on noise, on traffic and parking. And then there's lack of planning and a lack of budgeting for unexpected extras. And I'll spoiler alert that one for you right now. There are going to be a lot of unexpected extra costs associated with this type of hosting if you don't proactively do your research, which is exactly what we're doing today. So yeah, you're covered there. And then the final red flag and concern that we're going to touch on is a lack of time and perhaps a lack of desire to be the one to coordinate all the logistics and moving parts that this type of hosting format is going to present you with. Okay, so let's circle back and go through these in a lot more detail. Beginning with wanting to host at a backyard or a family or friend's property with the primary goal being to save money. Now we know that this is a red flag right from the start from many previous episodes of the Wedding Planning Podcast, where we have discussed the theme of trying to save money and having it completely backfire. And sadly, that is a very common storyline in wedding planning world. 
I have personally seen that movie play out before my eyes with unfortunate couples way too many times than I care to remember. So I'm going to make a really long story short by saying that doing it yourself is not always the cheapest and best way. And this couldn't be more true than in the case of a non-traditional wedding venue where all the heavy lifting and planning is left up to you. Yes, there are a ton of great opportunities to control cost with your food and your drinks when you are in full control of all the setup at a private property. On the contrary, though, there are also a ton of extra considerations that you need to keep in mind and that can easily add up and far exceed the cost of a reasonably priced venue. And these are things like renting tables and chairs, renting a tent, transportation and parking, hiring staff to come on and serve your guests, bust the tables, clean up the glassware, make sure everything is clean and well stocked. You need bartenders, you need people maintaining trash control, maintaining restrooms, etc. If you're with me and this is all stuff that you've kind of mentally run through already and you're still game and want to tackle this challenge, which is very rewarding, I will say, I would really recommend reviewing the past episodes that we've done on DIY catering, on the importance of having a professional day of coordinator or a designated point person at all times throughout your celebration. There are episodes on mapping out your wedding floor plan, on planning your decorations, hiring additional staff, dialing in your wedding budget, top wedding planning mistakes that I've seen, and I could go on and on. I'm not going to read the whole podcast feed list right here, but scroll back and these are things that you're going to want to dive deep into and really, really pay attention. And if you're new to the show and you're just listening for one of the first times or maybe even the first time, there are dozens of past episodes that are available to you to listen to for free right now. So definitely make sure to take a scroll back through the podcast feed, all of those previous episodes, and also follow the show in your player when you have a hands-free moment so that all of my future episodes get downloaded to you automatically. Back to the money-saving backfire issue, to sum up this point, making big wedding decisions solely because you're trying to save money does not always work. And to be completely frank, in more cases than not, it ends up backfiring. All right, so let's wrap that one up and then moving on to our next consideration and our next potential red flag, and that is not having adequate space. You absolutely have to have enough room to physically host all of your guests or else this is going to be a total mess. Not only do crowded tables, chairs, and restrooms make for an uncomfortable and just quite honestly an unenjoyable event, You could also potentially be breaking laws and regulations about fire safety, noise violations, parking restrictions. We're going to go into that more a little bit later on in the show. Um, I'm not going to rattle off a ton of measurements and dimensions. You can 
go ahead and find those by searching Google using your specific backyard space and plug in the measurements and do a calculation of how many people can comfortably be hosted within that space. I don't have any way of knowing what your actual setup is. So again, I'm not going to bother going through specific numbers here. But to summarize this very important point, if you can't be 100% certain that you have enough room to work with in your designated backyard or any outdoor space, and I'll add here indoor space for that matter, then you are either going to need to cut back your guest list or you're going to need to consider another plan. Our next red flag is not planning to have a designated day of coordinator. Not having a designated point person, whether that's a nice lady from church, whether it's your cousin, whether it's a teenage friend of a family member, or whether it's a professional coordinator that you've hired, you have got to have a point person, anyone on all days and all times of your celebration, it's an absolute must. And this goes for any style, any size, or any type of wedding celebration, especially for a backyard wedding where you are literally doing a ton of the research on your own, all the prep, all the planning yourselves. You have to have a plan and a system for turning all of this over to someone else on your actual celebration so that you can be fully present to actually enjoy the wedding that you spent so much time and energy planning. If you don't have a point person, you're going to find yourself in 911 emergency mode running logistical nightmare circles for your entire celebration, and I don't want that for you. This does not mean that you need to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to hire a professional wedding planner. There are endless creative and viable alternatives to that. Brilliant Earth's mission is to cultivate a more transparent, sustainable, compassionate, and inclusive jewelry industry. Their ethical, stunning, and one-of-a-kind wedding rings and bands offer unique designs for the perfect symbol of your love. Brilliant Earth sets a new standard for wedding bands that you can feel good about wearing without ever compromising quality and conscience. I love their online tool that helps you find the wedding band that pairs best with your engagement ring, giving you a generous list of recommended styles to choose from. Less than 1% of diamond suppliers worldwide meet Brilliant Earth's ethical standards, and 98% of their gold and 97% of their silver is from recycled sources. Brilliant Earth is the global leader in ethical and sustainable fine jewelry and offers both lab diamond and natural diamond selections. Check out all of their beautiful pieces at BrilliantEarth.com. That's BrilliantEarth.com. Susan's Travel Services is so excited to partner with you to plan your honeymoon, destination wedding, or maybe even your bachelor or bachelorette party. Susan and her team have been planning dream vacations for 27 years, and they are truly the best in the business for start to finish planning services. Travel and new experiences are incredibly special to me, and Susan and her team have helped me plan some unforgettable vacations, including a bachelorette party in Cabo 
and a family anniversary celebration in Cancun. They meticulously researched the best all-inclusive options for us based on some very specific priorities and the professional assistance in choosing location, resort, activities, and transportation was absolutely priceless. From all-inclusive resorts in Mexico and the Caribbean, overwater bungalows in the Maldives, or that African safari that you've always dreamed of, save yourself hours of research and guesswork and let Susan and her team find you the best options for a -a once-in-a-lifetime vacation. Reach out to Susan and her team today by emailing info at susanstravelservices.com and be sure to let her know that I sent you and get $50 off your final booking or $200 off your destination wedding. Her email one more time is info at susanstravelservices.com. And then our next consideration, it's not so much a red flag, but it is a consideration, and that is long distance planning. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show in our quick review, lots of couples do plan their weddings from another state or maybe even another country for you. And this presents lots of pretty obvious challenges just in terms of booking vendors, making decisions, setting up meetings and basically everything. So long distance planning is hard enough when you're using a more traditional done for you or an all inclusive venue. So when we add the extra layer of difficulty in terms of pretty much everything that you need to personally be responsible for arranging and coordinating when you're using a venue like a backyard or a personal property, It's a lot to manage. It's not impossible, but it's a lot and it's something to consider. So if you are planning your wedding celebration from another city, another state or another country, just be sure that you're on board for what you're getting into. And then ideally, you will a have lots of help on the ground in the location where the wedding is actually taking place. And B, you'll have the opportunity to make at least one or two trips in person to go to your wedding location prior to your actual wedding day. Okay, next up on our list of considerations for hosting a backyard celebration is any family relationships that may be rocky, shall we say, Uh, Any people who are on the outs with one another, you have likely experienced at some point during your engagement that tensions can run pretty high when we're combining wedding, family, money, any divorce situations, any strong opinions coming from both or either side. You've got new spouses, you've got step parents, you've got step siblings, you've got actual siblings. (laughs) If you're finding yourself in the midst of a bunch of family members who just don't get along completely seamlessly, um, you're not alone, first of all. (laughs) And maybe this even stems out to, you know, extended family as well. And then you multiply all of these challenges by two, right? Because you've got your own family and then you've also got your partner's family to consider and be sensitive to. 
if you're dealing with a lot of contention between people, my advice here is just to be sensitive to hosting your entire wedding at one potentially very biased location. People can get really defensive and tense and personalities can run hot when a wedding celebration and the planning and the preparation is all taking place at one single non-neutral location. So just take stock of your situation. I, You know your family best and proceed with your eyes wide open and be prepared to just be sensitive about that if it warrants. And next up we have weather. This is pretty self-explanatory, but it is very important. So let's go through it really quickly. I don't know anyone who wants to be at a wedding outside in a backyard or any outdoor environment, really, if it's freezing cold or if it's 110 degrees in the shade or if you're huddled under umbrellas or a soggy tent because it's been raining all day long. Inconveniently, we cannot just hope that the weather is going to be on our side and work out. Hope is not a good plan in wedding planning or in a lot of other areas of life, but that's another story for another day. Uh, What is a good plan is having a solid proactive backup plan and also some viable and realistic options that are lined up to keep your guests comfortable. And this might look like fans, portable heaters, blankets, light wraps, setting up ample shade, misters, and maybe even an alternate location altogether if you have a worst case scenario come up. Next on our list of things to consider is residential restrictions. You may be out in the middle of the country with the next nearest property five miles away, or you might be in a more suburban or even a more urban space. Uh, Residential restrictions is a checkpoint that's another great example of just simply hoping that it all works out remember hope is not a plan it is very critical very critical underline that that you understand any residential restrictions that might be in play with respect to noise parking group size or any community spaces or community resources that you plan on using I don't mean to sound overly dramatic, this sounds a little bit over the top, but you might want to even call your local police department and do your best due diligence to understand all of the rules that are going to apply to your specific location. Our wedding got busted up by cops is probably not a story that you would be proud to share with your children and your grandchildren 50 years down the road. That would be a huge disappointment and it's entirely avoidable. So don't brush over this one. And then here's a less obvious but very sneaky little red flag. And it really applies to a very broad spectrum of wedding planning in general. And that is the lack of time and maybe even the lack of desire to coordinate all the moving parts on your own. Some of us are planners and project managers by nature and maybe even by professional trade, but the task of coordinating a million moving parts of planning a wedding 
when you're also finishing a master's degree, living away from your fiance, working two jobs, and maybe your personality type, you just don't like paying attention to details, this might not be the right scenario for you. So know yourself and don't be afraid or ashamed to admit if this just doesn't sound like fun and you really don't have the time or the energy or the desire to commit to planning all of that on your own. Now that might mean that you have to reprioritize by scaling back on your guest list or scaling back on other details so that you can go out and find an all-inclusive done-for-you venue, or maybe that you can hire a more full-service wedding coordinator to do these things for you. So you may need to be flexible, but definitely do yourself a favor and just trust your instincts and trust that if you're in the early stages of planning all of this and it's already feeling completely overwhelming and not fun, that you might want to take a step back and reevaluate. And our last red flag for hosting a backyard wedding reception or any wedding pre-party or post-party, and this is a big one, I have perhaps saved the most important and critical item for last, and this is the failure to plan and budget for unexpected extra costs. I would highly recommend sitting down together with your fiance and doing some very careful research on rentals, catering options, and also exploring some actual more traditional venues in your area so that you can get a wide range of what's available within your price range. And then from there, you can go back and dial in to more specific line items and numbers add everything up, compare it to your budget, and determine the best fit. And this point actually brings us full circle back to an earlier issue that we talked about at the beginning of this show. And that is that what starts out looking like a great opportunity to save money can quickly spiral out of control and completely backfire on you. This is such a loaded and nuanced conversation that I could literally dedicate an hour to, but to boil it down and wrap up today's conversation, here are the steps that I would suggest you run through just to consider if this idea is actually compatible with your budget. So first, I would research your individual situation, and that includes the property size, your guest list size, and exactly what you're going to need to rent, borrow, hire, or transport in. For example, tables and chairs, place settings, decorations, food service options, parking, portable restrooms, tents, dance floor, lighting, and that's just naming a few things off the top of my head. There are lots of additional important details that might apply to you. And then after you have that list of everything that you're going to need, then you're going to make a detailed running list with price quotes for every single line item component that you just identified. After you've tallied that all up, I would recommend going out and researching a couple of traditional venues in your area that are ready to go, all-inclusive, done for you, 
and do a price comparison, apples to apples, of the bottom line in each of those two scenarios. And again, this is if you are trying to save money by using the quote free venue. If it's your nostalgic, sentimental wish to get married at your parents' ranch, cost be damned, you don't care, then tune this part out. It doesn't apply to you. This is for the couple who's wondering if they're going to do themselves a favor by choosing the quote free backyard venue over the all-inclusive venue. So go through those steps, back up this episode two minutes if you want to hear that all again. I know, trust me, firsthand, I know that sticker shock over venues and over catering and over weddings in general is real. Inflation is a thing. Prices are sky high. We're all in the same boat. However, at the end of the day, it might legitimately make more sense to just bite the bullet and pay one price for that all-inclusive venue, save yourselves the time, save yourselves the energy, and save yourselves the huge effort of bringing all of this together on your own. All right, my friend, that wraps it up for today. I hope you loved our conversation about backyard celebrations. And if you are loving the Wedding Planning Podcast and you would be so kind to take just a few seconds to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen, it would really, really, really mean a lot to me. Sharing a few of your kind words and maybe your favorite episodes in literally just one or two sentences is the best way for the show to reach more engaged couples like you who are craving simple, down-to-earth wedding planning advice and support. I love walking through this journey with you. I am so incredibly honored to be a part of your wedding plans. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for those kind reviews. And I'll meet you again here next week. Same time, same place. You know what's the number one biggest regret that newlywed couples share? It's that our wedding came, went, and was over in the blink of an eye. So why not extend the experience out across multiple days and multiple events and make it a wedding weekend? There are just six easy steps to planning a life-changing wedding weekend, and you can access the formula right now when you visit weddingweekend.co. Take advantage of flexible payment options or pay in full and get a complimentary wedding strategy call when you visit weddingweekend.co. I'll see you there.